Welcome back to Balling in the Six. I am your host KJ and this is your Toronto Raptors podcast straight out of London. You know the drill by now. Four games, we went 2-2, two two, a little more upbeat this week, which is fantastic. However, last night did spoil things a bit. So what we are going to do is go opposite. We're not going to go chronologically from the Cleveland game. We're going to start with the Magic game, which was perhaps the worst, and then finish off with the Cleveland game and dissect that to end things on a really positive note. Without further ado, let's get straight into it. So Toronto rocked up 26-10 in Orlando. Orlando, of course, have played pretty well this season, but they were 14-19 before this game. And you kind of expected to turn up to Orlando, as we have done the last few times with a routine win. You know, we didn't have Lowry again, but we had the main four. Um, everyone, everyone except Lowry, in fact. So Rock Up get a win, however... Toronto turn up, or should I say, they didn't turn up. They shot, and yes, I should repeat this, 29.5% from the field. Special mentions go to Van Vliet, who shot 3 for 12. DeLon Wright, 2 for 8. CJ Miles, 1 for 9. That's including going 0 for 5. Uh, from beyond the three-point line. And yes, that is our three-point specialist. A horrible night. I mean, by contrast, the Magic shot 47.3% from from uh, from the field. It wasn't the three-point shooting this time, in fact. You know, I'm going to rag on CJ Miles again. It wasn't particularly the three-point shooting. I mean, 35.3% isn't, isn't the best, but usually gets you through a few games. Um... And uh, we've recorded that that three point percentage when uh, when we've won this season for sure. However, shooting that clip from the field is just I, I don't know what went on really. I mean, eighty seven points, twenty nine point blowout against the Magic. You can't really say much more about that except, in fact, you can say something about this game there are a few aspects i was going to say oh you got to put it down to bad luck and just and just put it behind you but no there's something fundamentally wrong with everyone shooting that poorly i'm going to exclude Kawhi and ibaka from this because Kawhi did score 21 on 7 for 19 shooting which isn't great but you know he's the highest he was the highest scorer in our team and he was taking a majority of difficult especially iso shots and I'm going to exclude Ibaka because he shot 50% from the field, notching 17 points with 8 rebounds. But the rest, I mean, even if you don't have Lowry there, it's unacceptable. Monroe is on the was on the floor for 10 minutes, didn't score a point. Danny Green is on the floor for 18. He went 1 for 6. Siakam went 1 for 8 in 30 minutes. Something's fundamentally wrong, not with only the 3-point shooting, but just with knocking down routine shots here. I'm not sure exactly what it is because we're creating the looks and that's a very important thing. I would be concerned if the Raptors were just taking ISOs and that's why the field goal percentage was so low. 
But the fact that Toronto are creating the look shows that the system is working and we're not going back to that ISO Dwayne Casey style late fourth round late late fourth quarter play style. We are creating. But if this doesn't improve and it has been a problem, you know, growing in the last few games, you know, this tendency to just brick everything. It's not just one player, it's the whole team on occasions. You know, there's there's a growing cause for concern there. I mean, this was especially, especially bad because um, the Raptors also couldn't rebound in this game. 27 rebounds is pretty poor, especially when you compare it to 60 from the Magic, including 24 Nicholas Vucevic, who ate up the boards. Without Jonas Valanciunas, the Raptors really can't compete in the paint. People like Siakam and Ibaka were tried at the five. They can't really do it. Chris Boucher's not strong enough. So we just got to hope that Valanciunas will make his return. And hopefully that combined with, you know, not bricking everything, which hopefully is a rarity, will advance our cause. This loss was especially damaging after such an... ecstatic game ecstatic finish against the Miami Heat a couple of days earlier it was one of those games where and we've tended to do this a few times this season the Raptors go down big and then they just start turning up and it's usually one or two players who are doing this this time it was Fred Van Vliet and you guessed it Kawhi Leonard who dropped 30 in the end he didn't shoot a great clip 9 for 20 however he nailed 10 out of 11 free throws, you know, 8 rebounds, couple of assists, couple of steals. And overall, him being on the floor really locked in the whole team. I mean, even when people like Powell and Ananubi came on, they played fantastic defense. And I personally, and I know a lot of Toronto fans share this opinion, is that Kawhi, as a leader on the floor, as a silent leader on the floor, someone who leads by example, creates that opportunity for play, role players like Ananubi, like Powell, to really show their stuff and inspire them to show their stuff. And that's exactly what happened in the third quarter of the Heat game, where we outscored Miami 37-21. That was one of the best quarters the Raptors have played, and that is absolutely fantastic. So I'm sure you all watched this game. Dwayne Wade really turned up um, in the fourth quarter. The stats don't show it, but, you know, that go-ahead three he nailed to... Um, make it 102-101. You know, I think in older teams, that would have been the dagger for the Raptors team, but this team just fought back. Kawhi just went straight up the other end, nailed a mid-ranger, and suddenly the Raptors were back in it. And of course, I think special props this game go to Danny Green, who has been, however much I have criticised, one of our most consistent players. And I think you could see against the Magic, we really missed Green stuff when he went to the locker room. So, shout out to him. He shot 7 for 10, including the game winning 3 to get 18 points. So, that was a difficult win. We always have a tough time away in Miami. They're a very physical team. And they showed the same sort of stuff again. They play better, I think, than their 16 to 17 record says. They're a half-decent team. And if they can get players like Whiteside, you know, performing like he did last year... You know, they can make a late run for playoffs. And I think um, we're going to look at some potential playoff opponents later, especially those hanging around the uh, 8th to 10th seed right now. 
But, I mean, Miami with someone like Justice Winslow as their new point guard, which has been a revelation, so well done to the Miami coach. And um, But GG to uh, the Raptors for coming away with that. A few days before that was another blowout, actually. It was 101-126 loss to Philly. This was a game in which Kawhi was rested and uh, actually won a rare appearance now, you can say, for Kyle Lowry. Lowry actually, an uh, interesting stat is that Lowry and Leonard haven't played together for the last two and a half weeks, which is quite phenomenal. There's some conspiracies there about lack of chemistry. I just put it down to, you know, coincidental injury. And, of course, Kawhi being rested uh, for back-to-backs and the like. However, let's focus more on this game. Um, we didn't have Ibaka and we didn't have Kawhi, and that really showed. Our starting lineup was Lowry, Danny Green, OG, Siakam, and Monroe. And you have to say that with the exception of Lowry and Siakam, it was another game where... Sorry, I'll throw Nick Powell and Van Bleet into there. None of the 12 or so players who ended up appearing really performed. You know, you expect more from Danny Green, more from your centre Monroe. Instead, Monroe was pretty much destroyed by Joel Embiid, who dropped 27 on him. Ben Simmons had his way. Ben Simmons was not only dishing the dimes, but he scored 11 for 13 to go 26 points. Um, He also dished 8 assists and got 12 rebounds. And it was actually another game where the Raptors did get out-rebounded, despite having Greg Monroe. Uh, it was 53-41, to 41, they got out-rebounded. And you can especially see this with players like Simmons and Embiid grabbing the offensive boards and um, not allowing the Raps to really get back into the game. This game really was lost in the um, just after half-time when we were down around 10 and uh, they just extended the lead. The, f- the whole of the fourth was really garbage time here. So while the score doesn't really reflect the whole game, it was a deserved loss for the Raptors who just did not show up and um, I was very happy though a positive note that came on this was Kyle Lowry's performance because pre-injury he showed signs of starting to come back and I was wondering oh if he gets a recurring injury maybe he'll you know take it a little bit easy or not be as confident and you know go back into a funk however and again it's another game where the box score didn't show the true nature of Lowry he did perform extremely well he got 20 he got Six rebounds and five assists, a couple of stocks in there as well. And I think when he comes back, the team will be all for the better. So I said I'd end the uh, game review on a positive note, and indeed I will. 126, 110, 16-point blowout of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, uh, I mean, uh, what I couldn't say anything about this game is that it's the worst defense in the league, and the Raptors took full advantage. Four of the starters posted in double figures, including Lowry with 37 and, special shout out, OG with 21. I was very, very pleased with OG there. He not only showed his prominence from the three-point line, but also driving to the rim, which is something he'll need to do if he wants to develop into a Kawhi 2.0. Bench also performed. Uh, Shout out to Nick Powell again. Uh, Sorry, Nick Powell? I'm thinking of a soccer player. Uh, Norman Powell who uh, performed off the bench, and I'm glad he's starting to shoot himself back into some form. Nothing much to say about that game, except fantastic offensive performance, but it's a game you expect to win. 
So overall, the two and two could and should have really been a four and zero oh, because the Raptors play, just played so poorly in those two losses. I mean, last night was unacceptable, and the Philly loss. You know, I understand we didn't have you know our two centers and Kawhi Leonard, but you should still be putting in the effort. It didn't look like the Raptors were really putting in that effort, especially when they, you know, got, they conceded 35 points in the fourth quarter. I know it's garbage time, but, you know, against a content fellow contender, you've got to keep going and keep pushing. Anyway, without further ado, let's preview the next few games going into the new year. And let's have a look at some potential playoff opponents it's coming to that stage in the season where we should keep an eye on seeds seven to ten because we know we'll finish first or at the very least second don't hold me to this although it's fully on the record and that is my absolute prediction so we should we should start looking at our potential opponents because you know it's fun So our next three games before the next episode are a mixed bunch. We've got a very, should be a very straightforward game against Chicago at home. I know I said that against about Orlando as well. However, it should really be, you know, a kick up the metaphorical butt for these Toronto guys to really, you know, don't take, there's no easy NBA games gotta turn up in everyone so i think these guys will come back roaring against chicago i expect a blowout and i expect an easy win to extend us to 27 wins by the time we host utah on wednesday after the new year first game of 2019 will be against a reasonably difficult utah side have been a bit up and down in the west this season you know they haven't yet um got the prominence of um, someone like Donovan Mitchell who hasn't you know had a fantastic rookie season but hasn't you know, turned up as much this year uh, they still have a fantastic rim protector in Rudy Gobert and it's the kind of game you'd really wish for someone like JV in because you love that physical battle at the rim however we'll have to make do um, you know the Jazz are 17 to 19 which isn't ideal they're not in great form at the moment They've um, they beat the Warriors. They're one of those teams to beat the Warriors. But the last few games, you know, they've fallen to teams like the Rockets, the 76ers, the Thunder. They also got beaten by the Magic, by the way. Um, and that wasn't too long ago, so that's interesting. But yeah, I don't. Um, it's really a game that could go either way, but I think home advantage will edge it for the Raps. The difficult game is going to be the Friday after that, and in San Antonio. And it's a game that many Toronto fans will have had circled on their calendars ever since that trade. Because we are going to visit the home of DeMar DeRozan. The new home, the hopefully temporary home before he returns for his uh, for his next championship, of course. Um, hopefully in a couple of seasons. San Antonio... Like the Jazz have been caught up in a very difficult West, you know, they're on a terrible team. If they were 
if they were in the East, they'd be, um, you know, a definite playoff team. As it happens, uh, they're stuck in, uh, as I said, a very difficult West. Um, and indeed, they are stuck at 10th. They are over 500. They're 19 and 17. They're in decent form at the moment. Players like DeRozan are really turning up. However, their depth still appears to be quite poor. But they've got a fantastic coach to make up for it. So there's a lot of variables in there. However, I think that's going to be more an emotional game than anything. I think I don't know how many many people will actually care about the result in this game more than actually, you know, seeing someone like Lowry go up against someone like DeRozan. And I th- just and of course, for San Antonio fans, I can't believe I'm forgetting this, is the return of Kawhi Leonard. Let's see the reaction his get he gets. Let's hope Nick Nurse doesn't rest him, because I'm quite interested. Even if you won't see it on his face, you might see it in his play, the angry Kawhi. So that'll be interesting to see. And uh, yeah, so I'll be recording after the San Antonio. And um, my prediction this week is to go 2-1. and one. Fantastic. Let's now look at potential playoff opponents just very quickly because, of course, it's so far we've only played about 40 games, 45 games, so it's way too far to be going uh, to looking at playoff opponents without even half the season gone yet. However, if we were to play the season right now, we'd be playing the Pistons at the time of recording. The Pistons, of course, coached by Dwayne Casey, who we've had a difficult time against this season. We chalked up an L against them this season. Or if we came second, we'd be playing the Heat. If we came third, we'd be playing the Nets. And sorry, it, the Nets could potentially move into the playoff positions, as could the Magic. Now, those four teams, as we look at them right now, I wouldn't say they're bogey teams, but they're really not easy teams. They're not straightforward teams. The Nets, you know recently beat us in overtime the magicals blew us out the heat gave us such a difficult time at home probably you know up 17 they should have beaten us and the pistons of course coached by Dwayne casey have the formidable twin bigs of blake griffin and andre drummond so if we had to face any of them now i wouldn't be so confident i wouldn't be confident of winning in anything less than six or seven really but that's just a fun little thing to have a look at we'll come and look at that probably every two weeks as it updates because week by week the East, while it's while the parity from six to tenth is usually it's pretty good, nothing will really change week by week. So we'll come back to it in a couple of episodes. But that's just something to keep in mind because the first round Raptors conference um, playoffs is really the only thing we've had success in recently. But and we can only start to look past that once we get over. LeBron James of course well that's it for this week it's a bit of a longer episode this time a bit more to dissect in this episode but as I said I'll record next Saturday I'll be putting out another episode next Saturday hope you enjoyed make sure you like and subscribe on all podcast networks where this is hosted share it with your friends share it on Twitter share it everywhere I'll see you next time this has been KJ I've been your host of Balling in the Sixth